This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. two of Kelly and Rumia, the February 20th edition of the show, and it's a real blast having the conversations we've had in hour one. Check it out on your favorite podcast platform on AMI-tv live right now, though, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time with Kelly McDonald and Rumia Amuthan. Uh, just the conversation we had right now, Kels, with Stephanie Cadu, our access- mm. chief accessibility officer for Canada, was quite enlightening. I did say at the end that it was a very hopeful kind of stance that she has, of course and she's a uh, you know highlighted a lot of different ways that we are continuing to make progress and identifying some realistic things that are going on for barriers and for accountability with the government with the private sectors with everything but really just that you know everyone still can and do make a difference you know I really like the putting the laws in and some people say why do we need laws to do the right thing and it's because we don't know how to do the right thing and when someone says well you think I'm I'm, I'm dumb I, th- I think I know how to be kind consider it yeah but if you've never walked into that arena and walked in those shoes or had the life experience to say well I know a person who's vision impaired might need this I will right. ask or I will do that whatever you can't be expected to know as I always say to people What's well, none of your business to know? Like, you, so that's why you ask questions. That's why you try to learn and take from there. But there is nothing wrong. It's not a crime or a sinful thing. How dare you not know how to to guide me? Th- mm. That's not your life experience. However, you know you can't leave me out there where someone says, "Well, they'll fend for themselves," or they'll, they'll, they'll don't ask or don't do anything. Um, and we're not talking laws simple as as necessarily cut like that, but things that we need to put in place for those built environments exactly. and and things to help everyone. How do you get away with other than well, the building's a heritage building, the uh, the elevator we don't necessarily need to have braille. Like th- there are those out clauses for some things, and some of them probably where people would say, "Well, why not? If the building's going to need a new elevator." The Braille isn't going to to be a problem. Braille was around before elevators were. So why would that be something you'd, you'd not have there? I think Stephanie's viewpoint, the drilling down, is really important. And I know we, as people with disabilities, I'd like to learn more in understanding other disabilities. Of course. I don't feel I should be exempt from having to, especially at a workplace, you know, having sensitivity training or whatever it might be that carries us forward um, mm. and whatever that looks like in the future. Yeah, it's it's got to be an all hands on deck kind of conversation. Yeah. And for that to happen, we, of course, got to identify that it is the barriers and not the people with disabilities, right? Because we're still in that phase of the conversation in many, many areas as well, like with employment. Um, but, you know, there's there is a lot going on and i appreciated that she highlighted that in terms of progress in terms of people uh, people's intentions and just internationally the scope of these things being in people's awareness overall is much much better than it was before and i think we're all ambassadors i know a yeah. lot of us feel the yeah. pressure of answering those questions about our our disability something personal to you wouldn't ask me that but i, I think everybody but we are yeah gets asked stuff, gets asked, how do you do that? Why are you doing that? What is that for? And they have to be an ambassador, whether it's a workplace situation or just a choice made. Folks, we are reaching into the archives to revisit our feature on W. Ross McDonald's short-term placement program. 
Back in January, we took a trip to Brantford, Ontario to spend a few hours to, uh, chatting with the kids about media, broadcasting, and of course, this year's show, Kelly and Ramya. We were also fortunate to catch up with some of those who participated in the weekend, including kids and organizers. Now, here's a few of those highlights for you. A shot of W. Ross McDonald School from the outside, surrounded by snow, with a fountain in the foreground. There's a large W. Ross plaque inside the school. Uh, Lucas Newhouse. So I'm the uh, short-term program manager. Um, so I coordinate the weekends and oversee the program while it's running. We're modeled around something called expanded core curriculum. Um, so this is uh, something related to um, education for students with who are blind and low vision. Um, and it's essentially things that they don't get in their foundational education that they need to be successful in life. So. Um, there's lots of different sort of facets of expanded core curriculum, but um, like access to technology, um, opportunities in recreation, independent living skills, um, and like social interaction skills would all be sort of examples of expanded core curriculum. Uh, so they run one week in a month. Uh, kids come in on Friday nights and leave Sunday afternoons. Um, coordinating means just uh, setting the themes for the weekends and kind of putting everything together. So uh, like contacting AMI to come and uh, share your sort of talents and insights into our media and broadcasting weekend would be a good example of coordinating. We see Lucas, the program manager, assisting the kids learning and touching the large Sony camera. The Kelly and Rumia team chat to the students. Music video, Johnny Reed music video ones. Just a lot of stuff falls into your other interests too. Families with uh, children and students obviously um, with visual impairments are a pretty tight-knit community and um, like to share resources with each other. So, you know, if we have a student that comes and has a really great experience at short-term program, they go home and tell their families and their families tell their, you know, friends that are in that community and then um, the word just kind of spreads from there. This is sort of a, a bit of a niche type of weekend. Um, what I typically t say to students is, when you're registering for SDP weekends, register for things that you're genuinely interested in. Mm -hmm. um, so everybody that came this weekend, this is our media and broadcasting weekend, have a real um, genuine interest in this type of um, curriculum, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, but we have different themes every SDP weekend. Um, we have a sports weekend coming up. Um, previously, we had like a cooking and independent living skills weekend. Um, we have a creative arts and music weekend, so w when the kids sign up, the idea is that they're signing up for something that they really want to participate in, I guess. You know, we want people to be excited to come, right? Um, that being said, like, you know, we have weekends where we have 25 kids here, right? Um, especially our, our sports and music weekends tend to be very popular. Um, we also do parents weekends, those are um, pretty interesting. Uh, we try to do like all ages opportunities, so um, for some of the younger kids that maybe can't come and stay a whole weekend independently, they can come with their parents and have some fun. And then we typically try to do some like information sessions with the parents as well, or like some pathway planning, that type of thing. You know, we have themes and expanded core curriculum opportunities and, and um, you know, we, we, we try to create this um, super accessible environment, but, but ultimately it's, it's, that, um, it's that social connection that the kids get to make with each other and the, and the friendships that kind of go along with it. That's what keeps kids coming back and that's the real, like, um, the real thing that they sort of remember and, and, and then bring home and spread the word about.
students surrounded around the Sony camera looking through the viewfinder and the lights attached. We chatted with Emily Shevers about her time with the STP program. So I started coming to STPs as a student actually uh, in my high school years and then had a little bit of a break and then have now actually come back as a staff. This is probably one of my favorite places to work within the blind community because it's just such a special environment bringing the kids together who don't see each other on a regular basis and they pretty much only look forward to these short-term programs every month that they get to come um, and seeing their faces light up when they see their friends and it's just such a special weekend to be able to be with them. The program managers assist the students in the gym with the goal ball and pass the ball so they can start playing the game. I'd say it's absolutely social at the forefront because they cannot ask for enough free time throughout the weekend. All they want to do is just hang out with their friends and go play the pianos and do whatever for the weekend. And then the programming is almost a supplementary benefit that they get from coming here. They get to learn some new things, but ultimately seeing the social connections that are made and even knowing for myself when I came here, I met so many different people that then introduced me to other community programs and now that I'm still involved into this day. The students are testing audio through the microphones with headsets on in the live recording room. We get a lot of different age ranges, but the weekends are usually have a set kind of age range that uh, kind of helps to mitigate too many um, different age gaps where you're trying to teach maybe somebody on a parent weekend will get like like eight years old versus um, maybe an outdoor ride weekend we're getting up to like 19 20 years old um, who are still kind of in that high school range um, and so you see a lot of different uh, people and abilities and sometimes that results in kids being able to learn from each other um, and you can kind of cater it to even knowing the kids I go to a mainstream school, so um, coming to the SDPs, I feel like it gives me like a good connection to my, you know, my fellow blind people. You know, it gets me to stay connected, be up to date with what's going on in the blind community. Um, I think it's really from person to person. Like for me, I think being in mainstream is best for me. But I know for a lot of other people, coming to um, a program such as Bridges, that's in W Ross, um, it helps people who are going from who finish high school who need to need a little bit of help um, for post secondary. That's a wonderful program for them. Um, if it's, it really just comes down to. Each each person and what they want to do. I think I've been involved for seven years now. Um, my favorite part, to be honest, is the friendships you make. I think the connections I've made in W. Ross and through the SDPs, um, I've become a better person, more confident, better at speaking and just meeting new people and a better leader. I've been coming to SDPs around maybe a year ago. I probably enjoy the music camp. I play many different instruments. Um, my main one is piano, but I do a few on the sides like uh, drum set and cello. I do really like the auditorium and our pods. I think they're really well laid out. And I like the upstairs part of the gym too. Testing, testing, one, two, three, testing. I really like the opportunities that you get to do here for the short-term programs of the weekend. Like, I wouldn't normally be, do be doing, recording like radio plays and such. And I really like the people here and the food. Why W. Ross? Because we're just, we're set up so perfectly for it. Um, there isn't a facility in Ontario and probably not in Canada that has the same kind of resources. The kids sort of make those like genuine connections with each other. Um, 
I think that's the, the, the real like selling point of this program. The things I have learned from people um, all around me at the short-term programs at W. Ross, it's, it's amazing. The first few times, I didn't know a lot of people, but like, oh, by, by the end of Saturday, I, I, was already, I was already making friends, already getting delayed in the land. Truly, I do love the sports STP because I love the hands-on, learning different sports, getting to try different things. I tried blind hockey myself for the first time at our sports STP last year, which was fun. You try a whole bunch of new things. It's those relationships. It's the feeling of being understood. I think um, in mainstream, you really have to push for what you need, um, and often you don't get it, or you have to fight so hard to the point where, like, what's the point of me even doing this anymore? Um, but here, it's everybody's here to help you. Everybody's here to, who really understands what you need. Um, um, and you really, really miss that in um, mainstream. And also the relationships, once again, it's the friends you make and the connections, the networking you can do here is insane. People are um, doing amazing things with sports, with music, with um, anything everywhere. It's just, this place is a great jumping point. We see the students playing with the camera and we see a great goal being scored in the game of goalball. That was a throwback to our time with our uh, friends at W. Ross McDonald School in Brantford, Ontario. We visited them during one of their short-term placement program weekends, and it was a lot of good time. We, of course, talked about broadcasting and such, and Kelly and Ramia over there, but learned a lot about what they do and why they love it. So thank you to all the staff for taking part in that, and to Megan McGraw, our visual producer, for putting this um, piece together. We're going to take a break and come back for our conversation with Young Wang, who joins us monthly on the show. This time, we're highlighting Lunar New Year and a special celebration called Reading and Tea to celebrate the Lunar New Year. We'll be right back. It's Kelly and Ramia. Keep it here for more of Kelly and Ramya on AMI-tv. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts. 